Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We'll help you keep it running to the help we get from Nick Stoffel, ASE Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Morning, Nick. Good morning. I bet it took you a little while to find a parking space today. Yeah, usually there's a spot saved right out front here, but I had to go a couple blocks. But I know it's really different, but uh, there's construction going on. <laughs> it's, you know, we're getting cl- yeah. close to the end of that season, so we need to I hope. get it all shored up before all it gets right. cold. It's good to have you here. Of course, uh, Nick and Dan uh, take turns uh, giving you some help. If you have any issues with your car, truck, or van, and you want to take it or you need to take it to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, uh, give us a call, send a text, because uh, Nick will give you maybe some idea of what might be wrong with it. That's always good. We say that often. But to have that information helps you guys as technicians and service writers and the customer, too. Kind of cut to the chase. Absolutely. For for whatever reason, it seems like you know people bring the car in and they kind of want to hold, hold back a little information. Or, you know, like when you go to the doctor, you don't want to tell them everything because you're worried they're going to find out more. But truthfully, with your vehicle, the more information you can give us or give your, your mechanic... Uh, the quicker they can find the problem and hopefully save you some money. All right. Very good. Uh, 651-989-9226. If you have any kind of uh, vehicle issue, uh, Nick can help you out with that. Or send a text if that's easier, 81807. Now, I know a friend of mine had some work done on his truck. Uh, and he said, man, it, it it's like night and day. What Do you recall what you had to do with uh, that vehicle? Actually, I didn't work with your friend, but uh, one of my coworkers did. Uh, it's true, though, with a vehicle, with like suspension work, tires, a lot of these things, wiper blades, just kind of gradually deteriorate where you don't really realize that they've gotten worse, kind of like your eyes. <laughs> one, day, one day you just can't yeah, see. Yeah. But no, tr- truthfully, you know, I've often told people when they come in and they, their wipers are just smearing all over and say, they don't seem that bad. And I say, well, I'll give you the passenger side one if you'll pay double for the driver side one. Did they that, buy that? Well, it's kind of a funny joke, but you say, no, honestly, just try it out. Uh, when the, when your shop or your mechanic tells you those tires are getting really low on tread, especially as the seasons will be changing, I can't tell you how much a fresh set of tires changes the ride and the handling of a vehicle. Now, another friend of mine here at CCO, um, we were talking about tires, about uh, uh, winter tires, snow tires. A lot of people are going into that uh, changing of the season. A lot of people are doing that very thing, getting a whole new set of wheels. Absolutely. It's, um, if you remember way back when yeah. you had real-wheel drive vehicles, carbureted vehicles, people have snow tires. They load up the trunk with sandbags, and these things give us traction. Well, in the later model vehicles with newer vehicles, the aesthetics has become much more important. So we have these larger wheel diameters and a lower-profile tire. Well, when you make the tire a little more lower profile, it does wonderful in the summer months on those dry roads. But when you add a little snow and cold, things kind of get stiff and you have poor traction. So as you had mentioned, it's not uncommon, especially on a newer vehicle with a sportier type setup, that people do get those snow and uh, winter type tire wheel setups. And I hear it makes a world of difference. world of difference. So if you have one of those types of vehicles and you're wondering, uh, talk to a friend that has a similar car that might have them. Uh, There's a lot of resources online. But uh, it's a bit of an investment, but keep in mind that your tires will last longer now because you're not using a single set all year. 
That's true. And taking those tires on and off is not good for the tires. Uh, yeah, to, to mount and dismount them yeah. twice a year is probably not the preferred way of going about it. Right. You can do it. It's probably not preferred. Find that second set of wheels. Before you do this, though, make sure you have a place to store them because that's obviously the next, the next point. Well, my garage is full. What do I do with them? Well, you're going to have to clean out the garage maybe. Well, speaking of driving, our friend Dave Lee is on his way to Fargo. That broadcast, uh, I believe, gets underway at 1, the St. Thomas game. Uh, so, Dave Lee, be, be safe up there if you're on the road. Maybe he's already there. Uh, maybe he's uh, oh, he's probably maybe eating breakfast now. I'm not sure. As long as he's listening in. That's good. All right. Go get him, Dave. We'll be listening. Uh, you know, we have to take a break, Nick, already. Let's do that. Uh, Deb and Tom, folks on the line, hang on. And then we'll uh, get some text messages, too. There's a line open if you want to call in your car care question, 651-989-9226. Or uh, send us a text, send Nick a text at 81807. And a good Saturday morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive, which is located exactly where, Nick? In the capital city of St. Paul at 982 Grand Avenue. Um, If you're ever... Driving on Dunn Grand, which they're about done fixing it up now, oh, so it's, it, that helps. Um, and if you need to call us sometime, we're at 651-228-1316. And then uh, if you're in your computer there, it's lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, automotive.net. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks. Let's. Uh, there's a line open, 651-989-9226. We were getting a bunch of uh, text messages too, Nick, and we'll get to those, 81807. Tom is first up here. From uh, Egan. Thanks, Tom. What, what's your question for Nick? Hi. I uh, took my car in yesterday for a blower motor. It only worked on speed four. And I took it in, and they said it was a faulty blower motor resistor, performed electrical diagnostics, and found blower motor resistor, um, power to blower motor resistor, but resistor was open except on fan high speed. Replaceable motor resistor and check fan, and it all works. But now last night it didn't work again, only on speed four. So... The next step, or my suspicion is, is that that blower motor, you know, we're talking electricity now, so there's a current flow. It comes, you know, it starts at the battery and ends back at the battery, and it flows through a whole series of electrical things. With that particular circuit, as the power comes through from the fuse to the resistor, the resistor has little coils that kind of limits the amount of electricity that can make it through. By doing that, it slows down the blower motor. Now... If the blower motor itself is becoming worn, high resistance, it can require more of that electricity to operate. If that's happening, it's putting extra stress on that resistor. So my suspicion is if you go back to those folks and simply ask if they can do like a current test on that blower motor to see if, in fact, it is pulling more than specified uh, current through that resistor, causing it to fail prematurely. So the, and, and it's a little complicated, but if you go back to them and say, hey, we were in yesterday, we replaced the resistor, it's not working again today, can you please check the, the, the motor itself? Because I suspect that's where the problem lies. Is that and, an easy, relatively easily thing to be checked? Yeah, if you go to your certified yeah. shop or mechanic, they should, you know, with a voltmeter, be able yeah. to uh, perform that test. All right, so there you go, Tom. All right, 651-989-9226 is open. You can call Bruce is calling from Jordan with a question. Bruce, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I recently put a new set of tires on my uh, Toyota Avalon and had a four-wheel, four-wheel alignment done at the same time. Uh, the car rides better, but it pulled to the left on the highway before, and it still does exactly the same thing. So I'm going to take it back, but I'm just wondering, 
if it's in line, what uh, if it's aligned properly? What else possibly could I be looking at? You know, absolutely. Have have them check the alignment. You know, re- print out the specifications. Print out the measurements. Uh, a simple test, quite honestly, is move the tires from the left side to the right side of the vehicle. If the pole follows something with the wheel, something with the tire, if it stays, we got something else going on. You know, let's think out of the box a little bit. Um, maybe you have a brake caliper dragging. You know, a slight a slight drag on a wheel. You know, something to slow down that one wheel, cause it to favor that side, especially at a higher speed. Um, so they might need to do a little more investigating, but start simple, recheck the alignment, rotate the tires, driver's side to passenger side. If you still have the same problem, we got to get out of the box a little bit. And my first clue or my first thing would be check those brakes. Um, a simple run down the highway, get off, touch both left front and right front wheels. If one's hotter than the other, that tells you something, that it's nice. dragging. So it's a simple, simple thing you can do yourself. All right, very good. All right, thank you, Bruce. Uh, let's see. Uh, you find the lines busy. Keep trying. 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. Let's uh, grab a text or two here. Uh, good morning, it says. 2005 Mercury Grand Marquis, 130,000 miles. Airbag light will intermittently turn on and off. So most vehicles have, obviously, airbag systems and many other systems uh, within the car, safety type stuff, anti-lock brakes, airbag systems. When you start the vehicle, the car goes through a self-test. It makes sure that all the components within a system are operating correctly. Usually those lights are on during that moment. When the lights shut off, once the car has been running for a few moments, it tells you you're good to go and it's safe. However, if that airbag light, that little funny-looking circular guy, yeah. or the SRS light are on, that's telling you there's a failure or a fault of something within that system. If that light is on, that system will not work. Mm. In the event of an accident, your airbags won't work. So sometimes that's a bit of a misunderstanding there. But if there's a fault within that system, the light is on, it's not going to operate. Just as your ABS light for your anti-lock brakes. If that light is illuminated, that system is shut off. Not a big deal today. In a, unfortunately, in a couple of weeks here, right. a few weeks, when we get some snow, you're going to want those systems operating. So if you have an airbag light on, go see your, your mechanic, your shop, your dealer, get that fixed. The last thing we want is a an additional injury in an accident that we can avoid. Um, if you have any other warning lights, airbag light or a brake light, ABS light, engine light, have those things looked at because they're there for a reason. Very good. All right, back to the phones we go, Nick. Ron is calling from Prior Lake, I think. Hi, Ron. Yes, good morning. So I have a 2001 Toyota Sienna with about 240,000 miles on it. And uh, last night the brake warning light just started flashing periodically on the dash as I was driving, but the brakes seemed to operate fine and got home and checked the fluid level. That seemed to be fine, and the emergency brake seemed to be fine. Um, I was wondering what that might be an indicator of. And, and you're referring to the red light on the dash? Yes, the red, uh, right, the brake, the red brake warning light. Well, you've done your homework because the two... Areas of cause most concern would be the level of the brake fluid or, in fact, the parking emergency brake. Uh, that circuit is grounded through one of those, so there must be a, a switch. Um, well, there is a switch with the parking brake and, again, with the fluid level. Um, you know, it might require somebody with a meter to actually check the resistance or check the flow of those two uh, circuits. You can t- try yourself, you know, get a second person, maybe tap on the reservoir of the brake fluid or have somebody wiggle that pedal for the parking brake. Um, but I, I suspect that the problem is one of those two. 
I understand that the brake is off and the fluid is full, but you can have a faulty sensor. Oh, all right. That's just shot in, in the dark. You never know. All right, you know, we have more show to come, but keep in mind, uh, Nick will only be here till about 7.45 till Jack Farrell's wine chat. So uh, we have callers on the line, Nick, texters as well. We'll put you back to work here in just a moment. 39 is our Twin City temperature reading. We're in the midst of our car care show. Last remaining minutes, as a matter of fact, Nick is in for Dan. And, you know, you and I were talking uh, off air, and it, it, it's not often that you guys, and I know how great your, your people are, your staff, very talented folks, uh, you could use uh, another technician? Yeah, I want to start by saying we don't like to promote ourselves. That's not no. the purpose of what we're doing here. Right. But I just want to share the, the simple fact that we are looking for a uh, technician uh, that's eager to work. Um, you know, we all we're very busy. You know, all the tools and the equipment. And I just simply ask if you or if you know someone, have them come see me, call me, email me. Just give give me a chance to meet you and talk to you for a few moments and see if we have a match because it's uh it's important to have a good fit. You know, just as much as capability oh, to have true. that that team. We really we're really big on our team working well together, and I think that's one of the secrets to why we're um, so successful is because you know it's really a, a big family. So if you're looking for a place, if you know someone looking, have them come get hold of me. How do we do that? Uh, like I said, Lloyd's Automotive's at nine eight two Grand Avenue. Stop anytime. Uh, if you got to call me at the shop, six five one two two eight one three one six. If you go to our website, you can get to an email there at lloydsautomotive.net. That's L-L-O-Y-D-S automotive.net. I tell you, they, they like really good people, you guys do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard market to find people, but we're extremely careful and kind of picky who we want to bring yeah. on the board because uh, I think it's important that we take care of our people and our customers and the, the whole package, honestly. Yeah, it's true. All right, very good. Uh, Dan is calling from St. Francis, I believe, with a question. Dan, you're on with Nick. Yeah, hi. Go ahead, Dan. Um, I have a 2013 F-150, and the other day I was trying to start it, and it just kept on turning over. And then after a while, then it finally seemed like it clicked and finally started. So I was just wondering if that's in the ignition or what the deal is. You know, it's uh, it's good that it's up and running now. You know, the next the next step is, unfortunately, uh, if you were to go through and test for spark and fuel and all those things that are needed, they're going to be good because it's running. So the next time it's not running or not starting, um, if somebody has the capability to check for fuel pressure, check for spark, once you know if it's a fuel-related issue or if it's a spark-related issue, you can kind of dig deeper into that. Um, the fact that it was cranking, cranking, cranking makes me think maybe it was more of a fuel issue. Maybe the fuel pump wasn't coming on. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of times you can hear a fuel pump running. Uh, maybe a, a simple thing for you here is the next time it doesn't start, simply shut the key off, give it a couple moments, just turn the key to run. And if somebody can get their ear near the fuel tank, if they hear it buzzing for a couple seconds, that's the pump priming. So if you hear that, well, then you know your fuel pump's operating and um, it's just like maybe the first of many series of steps there, but maybe it can help you get started. All right. Very good, Dan. Rosie is calling from Minneapolis. Rosie, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a 2010 Impala, and if it's parked on an incline, if it's been sitting there like after work, I cannot shift it into reverse. It takes a while of monkeying around with the, sh- with the gear shift to get it to go into reverse. Well, that that shouldn't be, but obviously what's happening with the, the load of the vehicle, the weight of the vehicle, is not allowing that interlock to release. Um, there's, there must be, you know, because we all park on hills, we all park on inclines, you know, 
there's something within that system that maybe needs an adjustment or uh, a solenoid or something that's getting weak that's not able to um, work its way through that sticking point. Um, pay attention. If it starts to get more, you know, if it's worse or if it starts to be uh, a little more sensitive on a, on a flatter area, I just hate to see it in a situation where you can't get it out of gear at all. So it might be worth taking it in somewhere. Obviously, your mechanic, your dealer, your shop can go park it on a hill and try to get it into reverse, you know, or out of reverse. It should be, I would think, fairly simple. I remember years ago, Nick, having that issue with whatever I was driving. And if I was on a hill, a steep incline, and had to park, I would apply the parking brake first before I would put it into uh, park. Take the load off the vehicle. Yeah. Same thing when we park on a hill, we turn the, the, the wheels. You get up, you get that oh, front yeah. you get that front tire up against a curb or something, and then that steering wheel is like almost locked. And it takes a tremendous <laughs> amount of force and weight you're, right. you know, to get it released. And you know, you know, there's still mechanical pieces. There's a lot of electronics within the vehicle that allows it to operate, but mechanically it's a heavy piece of equipment there. So For keep sure. that in mind. All right, Rosie, thank you. Wayne is calling from Cedar with a question. Wayne, you're on with Nick. Good morning. Good morning to you from the frosty farmlands of uh, rural Anoka County. And as Henry VIII once said to all of his wives, I won't keep you long. (laughs) (laughs) I like it, Wayne. Wayne's getting his own show. Yes, he is. (laughs) What what can we do for you, Wayne? All right. Well, I have a 1971 high-compression Oldsmobile 455 engine. Now, this come out of an old 98 Oldsmobile. It is now powering a dairy barn generator and welder. And uh, last week or a week and a half ago, we had all those storms. Uh, the engine was only able to run just about 1,000 to 1,800 RPM. And once it reached uh, 1,800 RPM, it was tackling, uh, backfiring constantly, and it seemed like uh, I was losing a lot of compression. Uh, I had replaced the plugs, the wires, the rotor, the distributor cap, and the condenser, and all that good stuff. But uh, we're still uh, running about half power. Usually this generator runs uh, closer to 2,700 to 3,500 RPM. What do you think, Nick? You know, quickly, I still feel it's ignition. I think you're losing spark. Um, You know, you you talked about all the components in the distributor. You talked about the condenser. Make sure the timing, you know, put a timing light on the thing. Make sure as it ramps up that the timing is going with it. There's springs in that distributor. Maybe it has a vacuum takeoff on it. But I, I just feel that you're... You're losing timing at that higher RPM, so that's my f- two cents worth there. From a distance. All right, Wayne, thanks Thanks for the call. Say, so let's uh, do a real quick lightning round. What do you say? I, for text I was going to say, I like the lightning round. All right. Do I need to disconnect the battery cables of my 2015 Hyundai uh, Santa Fe? It will be stored in a heated condo garage for six months. Do I need to disconnect the battery? I, no, I think you're better off to put a battery tender on there. Oh, yeah. Let the battery sit, never a good idea. 2017 Ford F-150, this vehicle has the engine configuration that whenever I stop, the motor shuts off, then restarts when I release the brake. Seems less efficient and likely hard on the starter. Would like your thoughts on that that process. I know that's been developed over the years. Yes, it is probably harder on the starter, but emissions, 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 and fuel economy. It's better on those two, so All right. it's a trade-off. 2011 uh, Chrysler 300C, electrical problem. Now the sensors by each wheel don't work. Is this really a four or $5,000 fix? I hope not. I um, hope not. If we're talking TPMS sensors, we're missing a step on this one, but because yeah. the tire pressures are 100 bucks a piece. Well, okay. What's well, a good way to weed out a vehicle that won't start between battery alternator starter? To weed out a vehicle. Um, the mm. electrical systems test, you put the meter on there, you go to each component and test them individually. All right. 
Any advice on getting off a brake rotor that seems a little stubborn? It's a four-year-old minivan. Big hammer. Careful with heat. Those are the two things. So we, we have a big hammer, maybe a little bit of heat, but careful. 2007 Chevy Trailblazer in the driver customization settings. Curb view is disabled. However, when engaging transmission into reverse, driver's side mirror moves to curb view. What could be the issue? Something with the programming. This is a light, light joke here. Remember, we used to have curb feelers you put on yep, the bumper? Yep, yep, Those will always work. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. We're going to have to leave it at that. Uh, what's the phone number for you guys? Uh, You're open today, I believe. Yeah, until noon, 651-228-1316. Nick, see you at Lloyd's. Thank right? you. Good deal. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.